This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of Diagnosing the Aftermarket A to Z. I'm Matt Fonslow, and I have Hawk and Light of Top Ton with me, and we have commandeered the Remarkable Results Radio Podcast booth at Napa Expo 2022. So, if you're wondering why I'm speaking a little low, it's because we're trying to do this behind Carm's back, so he doesn't come and try to take the booth away. So, this is very, very black ops, but welcome to the podcast, Hawken. He made the mistake of giving you the code to get in here, I think. (laughs) I picked it. Oh, leashy, right? (laughs) Yeah, I leashed it. (laughs) So, how's the show going so far? Pretty good. We've had some people stop by and say hello, talk about, you know, getting to know Top Don because we are kind of new to the Napa world and the Napa catalog. A lot of their customers don't know who we are yet, but we're getting them acquainted and they're getting familiar and had a lot of people ask a lot of good questions. Uh, I had some technicians and some shop owners with some good technical questions. Good thing I was here because I think they would have had trouble answering them without me in some of the cases. But yeah, it's been good. Had some good talks. Cool. So we've had some uh, conversations in the past about uh, a topic, and I have an idea of how to expand it out just a little bit. Essentially, the idea had to do with like attitude, but I think I have an idea to kind of make a more complete episode and expand what we can talk about. And in substance use, or maybe better yet, when living in recovery or going into recovery, work in a program, a lot of times people with substance use disorder will learn or use the serenity prayer often. And so I I found it. If if you're not familiar with it, this is a version. We need the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think that's actually really powerful. I think it correlates really, really well with attitude because... I think the nature of the idea is, especially with like young technicians, or maybe not young. I keep saying young. That's probably a bad habit. Green. Entry, Less experience. Yeah, sure. entry level. And honestly, even if you've been at it for a while, there's really only certain, so many things you have control over. Very true. Very, right? very true. Some of the stuff you can't control probably does not deserve to rent that much space in your brain for free. 100%. Absolutely. And then the focus should be on the stuff that you can control. You know, obviously, I've let out with it already. Number one would probably be attitude. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can (laughs) control your attitude. And I think it means a ton because you may only prove so capable, maybe extremely capable, maybe, you know, superstar, maybe not. Not that that's bad, not that. Everybody has different abilities. Yeah, I'm not trying to. There's form nothing wrong some, with that. Right, right. I'm not trying to form some weird hierarchy with it. It's no. just there's certain things you're going to be very, very adept at, and some you may not, and some you may become uh, over time with training and experience. But a positive attitude, a good attitude, that is something you can very much can control, very much control, and has a tremendous impact. Because let's be honest. I've been at this show now two, pretty much two whole days. Every single shop owner, and there's a lot of them here. This is well attended. Every single last one of them, busy as all get out. 
more work than they know what to do with. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Guess what they don't have? Time. <laughs> or tax. Or tax. Yeah, that too. They don't have any employees. No. They need more tax. They're struggling. And the young or green or inexperienced ones coming in, unfortunately, too often have a little bit of a entitlement problem. And I guess this is almost a plea that with a good attitude, sky's the limit. Sky is the freaking limit in this profession. And, you know, you get some years under your belt, some experience, education, training, certifications. Networking. Networking. Get your name out there. Whether it's attending stuff like this, attending other events, social media, get your name out there. You can write your ticket. Look at Mario. Mario Rojas. I mean, great example, right? Yep. He made a name for himself making amazing Diag videos on YouTube. And he came up from scratch as far as I know. And I mean, like, listen to a little bit of his background and whatnot. The distance he's come in a short period of time is remarkable. But look at his attitude. He's positive. He has a can-do attitude. He wants to learn. Everything about him says, I want to get to the best technician I can be. And I want to help other people along the way, which I have a lot of respect for that, too, because giving back and teaching other people makes you better at what you do as well. Yeah, so. and, and videos aside, it's show up on time, yes. show up ready to go, ready to learn, eyes open, ears open, mouth shut, until you, you know, ask questions. Right. Check your ego at the door. Yes. And I, I mean, I'm not kidding you. You're living in Minnesota and you don't like the cold anymore. <laughs> you can have a job before the plane lands. Well, actually, I have a friend who did exactly that. He left a job that he was working in Wisconsin for a large corporate company, and he went. He literally packed up his family, his wife and his small kid, and he moved to Florida, and he had interviews lined up before he left, And but they moved, and he didn't have a job 100% secured, and then he moved down there and found a job, and he interviewed with, I don't know, half a dozen different places, a couple of dealers, a couple of independents, and found a shop and found a good one that he felt comfortable with and had a job right away. And he's actually has been not working on cars every day for about three years, but his skills are still incredibly relevant. And he's of projects as an incredibly gifted guy. So I'm not surprised he found a job quickly, especially given the situation in our field. So no shock. (laughs) Yeah. And just, you know, it makes it that much easier for everybody. You know, not trying to victimize the shop owners or management by any means. No matter how you break it down, it's a team effort. Right, it's an organism. A lot of pieces need to work together, but from a management perspective, it's so much easier to invest time. Which I think time in this case is patience. It is very much so. Right, letting them develop because they got a good attitude. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah, no matter what, you can make mistakes with bad attitude, or you can make good mistakes with a good attitude. What do you take away from those mistakes? Very much so. Yep, and it's so much easier to invest the patience to develop. Trainings, uh, investment, tooling, just everything, as well as on the flip side, working for a shop that has a good attitude towards its employees. Yes. It's so (laughs) much easier to show up early. It is. And you don't dread coming to work. It makes a real difference as to whether or not you want to be on time. Right. You know, it's a kind of a culture thing, and that stems very much from attitude. It does. People can make all the difference in any job. You know, I mean, that's. 
from my time working at Identifix, that was one of the things I enjoyed the most about working there was the people. Yeah. So many of the people had a really positive, friendly attitude and very much community oriented and friends and trying to help each other. And, you know, you had a car that you were like really struggling with. You could ask another guy in your team or maybe even another team and they'd have a different perspective and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I want to, you know, look at it this way. And, you know, the light bulb would go off sometimes and just the attitude of trying to help each other out and be positive yeah. about stuff. I thought that that was a tremendous thing. And if I actually went back there twice, so I quit, I went back, I quit, I went back. I worked there three different times over a course of five total years. And I went back because of the people. That's really what it boiled yep. down to. Yep. And their positive attitude. In contrast to that, you know, I mean, in all of the years that I've been in this field, I've worked at a number of shops where the attitude was collectively not very good. And I got to be honest with you, after about six months of working there, I got worn out and didn't really want to go to work. And then it got to the point where I even struggled with being on time and whatnot. And it was like retrospectively now, it's real obvious why that was, right? Not happy, not feeling appreciated, not feeling like this was a good place for me. And, you know, it's, it's until you find a place that does appreciate you, it can be real challenging. Yeah. But the opportunities are abundant right now. So, and it starts to permeate the entire organization, the entire building, if you will. Contempt becomes the overall tone. And I think, you know, the other thing that gets to that is it, it's difficult to explain in one feeling, but it's almost like this black feeling that permeates everybody. Everybody just feels like gross all the time, just negative and unpleasant and unhappy. And I mean, that reflects upon everything, right? Yep. The end customer is going to see that when they interact with the service advisor, they interact with the manager, or maybe a tech talks to them. Everybody can smell that. And the more that you've experienced it yourself, the more attuned you are to it in other people. Like now I can pick up when I go into shops and help them with diagnostics. I can tell when it's a good environment and when it's not. The behavior of the technicians, the way that they talk, their tone of voice even, the simplest of things give big giveaways in a lot of situations. Yeah, and you would like to see this attitude and culture kind of emanate from management, owner, oh, yeah. ownership. That's, you know, I think that's kind of like where we feel like it should come from. Set a good example, yeah. yeah. It's easier if it does. It doesn't have to. I know this is weird, but <laughs> there's a movie that kind of references this a little bit. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, it's called Waiting. <laughs> it's a great movie. Great yeah, movie. it is. Especially if you've ever worked in the restaurant industry. Yes, I it's, have. <laughs> it's probably like a restaurant industry's version of Office Space. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Uh, but it's got like Ryan Reynolds and uh, Justin Long. Early in Long, his career, too. Very early. <laughs> and yep. Justin Long, too. Yeah, both yep. early and in their Ferris. career. And Ferris. Yeah, it's a great cast. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a really funny movie. But there's kind of a reference to a game that the staff plays. And I won't go into details. It's not all that important, but they play a game and it came from one of the cooks. This restaurant in this case was not doing well. It was struggling. Nobody wanted to work there. Everyone hated working there. And they hire this cook and he brings along this game and he gets people playing it. And it's, you know, whatever, lewd. But regardless, I'm not saying everyone should go around and start a game it's not necessarily where I'm going with this, but this game starts kind of a camaraderie almost. And yeah, people start, did. yeah. It really did. <laughs> right. And they start getting along better. You know, just the entire staff, in spite of management, in spite of mismanagement. But the staff starts getting along better. They start hanging out after work. Not that that's 
the end all be all either, but that's not a bad thing either. No, it can be good. Yep. They start enjoying being at work and that attitude permeates into the dining room. Absolutely. And customers pick up on it and the tips go up and the service gets better and it just becomes its own snowball. This can happen in any business. So if you're in a shop that the culture isn't so great and you're not necessarily looking to bail, I think there's some reality to the workers together can create their own shop culture and it'll catch fire. It'll probably work its way up. I don't think that's the way it should work. It can work. It can work. Well, it I can mean, work. I worked at a shop where the culture was not very good and all the other technicians, I was like essentially the service manager, so I helped with diagnostics, but I also had to do front shop duties. And they kind of developed this thing where they like to give me a hard time. All of the technicians really enjoyed giving me a hard time. They joked around that I would always walk around with ear protection and safety glasses because I actually do that. And they would rip on me because I always had my scan tool because I was always diagnosing and helping. And they gave me crap. So they like to rip on me and make fun of me. And I didn't care. I was like, I don't care. You guys can make fun of me. But it became a thing where they like all really started to kind of build a team attitude by giving me a hard time and joking around. And it became like a I was a focal point for team building. And I was like, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. You can make fun of me for stuff that makes sense. Ear protection? Well, I'll hear when I'm 50 years old and you won't. <laughs> eye protection? Okay, I get hit in the eye with something. I'm not going to lose my sight. I'm good with that. You can rip on me all you want for that. I don't mind. And I will absolutely absorb it and not feel bad. But it became a thing that was, you know, it was a positive team building thing. Yeah. And I was more than willing to participate because I thought it was pretty funny too. But it's not like a, a plea for everyone to start trying to work on their culture. That would be a good investment in time. I'm thinking a lot of times it's kind of the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So you're at a shop that the culture could be better. If it's not going to come from management, you can probably change it yourself with a couple of coworkers and, you know, really improve things. You really can. It makes a lot of sense. Small things can even make a huge difference. A series of small things. It's like what B movie. Yeah. Even little jobs done right. Oh, yeah. Add up to big. Yeah, absolutely. It makes all the difference. And I mean, it, even if you're thinking about like coming to work and you know that everybody is struggling and not wanting to come to this place, right? If you can make it so it's a little bit less unpleasant to come to work by good conversation with other people or you find something that you share that you both enjoy. We'd all talk about like we had seen the latest Marvel movie at the yep. same shop where they like to give me a hard time. And we found things that we could discuss and team build on where none of us like the owner or the manager. Like they were both terrible. They were ogres and nobody liked them. But we found things that we could do to create some positivity and some enjoyment without having to think about the negativity that was existing in front of us. I mean, that was good. It really did make a difference and it made getting through the days easier. And you could also stomach coming to work when you knew you could have some fun joking around, making some connections yep. with the other people who were also sharing in your burden as well. Yep. Have you visited the Napa Auto Care member site lately? Since its relaunch in 2020, the Napa Auto Care member site has continued to evolve to keep members updated on all the Napa programs, promotions, member benefits, and business building tools to help your business thrive. Some features to the member site include never miss an update, stay current with notifications and announcements on the homepage, view the dashboard featuring your shop's financial status, take advantage of cost-saving member-exclusive promotions, 
a faster automated 2424 peace of mind warranty submission process. Submit re-repair claims directly to the member site and easily check the status there as well. Typically, the claim is settled and the EFT or credit card payment is sent within 48 hours. Turn searches into new customers with the referral tracker. Learn more about how a consumer Napa online search for your shop can generate new customers at no additional cost to members. Use this popular customer tool to evolve your marketing strategies to get the most business value. Own more than one Napa Auto Care? Link all facilities to one login and access all facilities as one user. You can also access the shop, Napa, Helm, or Pro Office website directly. Submit a pro image free look for a sneak peek at how you can co-brand your locally known name with the nationally recognized Napa brand. Submit online ASC certification renewal and test reimbursement. Exclusive access to dozens of industry-leading programs and solutions. If you are a Napa Auto Care member, visit member.napaautocare.com to access the member portal and take advantage of these many member benefits today. Not a Napa Auto Care Center? Contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts store to learn more about how to join the Napa family. Where I worked, we'd have pranks, you know, pulling pranks on each other. One oh, yeah. thing we did, and it's not a big thing, but I don't know, it worked unwittingly. It's not like anybody did this on purpose, but, you know, we had a radio in the shop, one radio for this uh, shop I was working at, and we'd be asking each other like, hey, who's this? Who sings this? Almost like a challenge. You know, after a while, the game gets pretty lame because everybody knows, you know, all the music on the radio. They do play the same songs over and over yeah, an awful yeah, lot. Yeah. <laughs> so then you got to bring in your MP3 player at the time. And uh, yeah, there was no real streaming at the time. Any, no any streaming technically would have been like Napster oh, yeah. or Audio Galaxy. seems like there's one other in there that those are the two heavy hitters, though. You make your own uh, playlist for the day and see how many people you can stump. <laughs> Have to go into the deep cuts yep. to, to to make them stumble. <laughs> good, good game, but kind of going sticking with that, you know, the serenity prayer stuff too. Other stuff you can controls, and I'm thinking when I when I started this, the idea is thinking of the novice tech. The you know you're entering in, you're very green yet. Another big thing you can control is how much money you spend. I think that's a big thing that. We don't hear enough about. No, no. You know, we might say, we might hear people saying like, well, you're just being stupid with your money. Okay, yeah. Let's be a little more specific. Right. The tool trucks. Dangerous. Very <laughs> dangerous. You can get in a deep grave real quick. And it doesn't right? seem real until that bill starts to show up. $20 a week doesn't sound like so much. No, it doesn't. Three different trucks, $20 a week is now $60 a week. Do that math. Yeah, that that's starts now. It's adding up. Two hundred forty dollars a month. That ain't yep. a small amount. Yeah, and they're sitting there and they're making a deal for you. Maybe a new toolbox. You know, again, thinking about the the uh, greener tech, new toolbox, set of sockets, ratchets, maybe wrenches, maybe not. You know, whatever. They got this put together for you, and normally it would go for whatever amount, but today only. Today only. <laughs> Or if you go on credit, you know, not a truck account, you get approved for some credit, which is probably going to be fairly high interest rate. I would bet over 10%, which well is similar over, to a credit card. Well over 10%. Especially today, right? Oh, man. And next thing you know, they're telling you like, hey, you know, normally this kit, this set, this would be like $10,000. 
But if you go on the credit here and you can give me like, you know, if you can put a couple hundred bucks down, we'll be having, you know, we'll sell this to you for like 6000 which Highly sounds, inflated prices and then seeming like you're getting a great deal. Yeah, that's... It, it seems like it. And um, maybe you are, but still, you have to pay it. Takes a long time to pay off $6,000 when you're an entry-level guy. Oh, man. Really, you should have a good conversation, open conversation, meaning not just sit down one time, but a constant conversation going with your management. Maybe you have a mentor at the shop. You know, a tech. Yeah, maybe there's a tech mentor kind of assigned to you, shop foreman, shop manager, and of course the owner. There should be a rapport. That's the word I think I'm looking for. A rapport between you about constantly about what you should really have. What should you really be spending your money on? Starting out, you have no idea. You're like, do I buy everything? Do I buy nothing? What do I need? And of course, the tool truck is more than happy to tell you what you need, but talking to an experienced tech who does not have a vested interest in your wallet is probably a bit safer than talking to the tool truck. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, and most techs I know have regrets. Oh, you I know, do. Like, I, I'll be honest, one, this is not about spending money. It's about spending money. I regret not spending the money. But I want to be careful how I word this. When I was in school, and then this is not trashing the company. When I was in school, Snap-on had a deal going where stuff was basically 50% off. Sure. And if I would have really, I think I was hesitant because I wasn't sure I wanted to do this for a career because I was kind of going to school as kind of something to fall back on and maybe shut my parents up a little bit. Gosh darn it. I went the cheap route, bought my tools from a parts store essentially. Oh dear. And not, you know what? Honestly, at the time the tools did suck. They really did. They worked for 90%, 95% of the stuff I needed them. But there is a definite quality difference. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that quality difference is quite the same nowadays. I'd say the void is a little bit smaller. Narrowed a yes, little. It's narrowed yeah. some. But at the time, that was a pretty big difference. I regret not doing that. And honestly, I could have probably bought all those tools. And if I didn't want to do this for a living, either kept them at a great price for my own personal use or sold them for at least got my money back, maybe, maybe made a small profit. Not making a killing. I would have gave a tech a hell of a deal. They wouldn't have been paying full price. I might've been able to pocket a little bit of money. So that was a mistake. But otherwise, I think most techs regret the amount of money they spent, especially early on, just burying themselves. Well, now, I mean, there's you hit it on the head. There's way more options now than there were before. I mean, I'll be honest with you, like, I've had plenty of big brand, you know, tool truck tools, most of which I sold and then replaced with much less expensive alternatives, like GearWrench, for instance. Yeah. And I've found that the majority of those tools have been more than up to the task for a fraction of the price. So 15, 20 years ago, I don't think those options necessarily existed like they do now. But the quality difference between a lot of them now is so minimal, and the price difference is still just enormous. It's tremendous. I mean, even Harbor Freight has a professional series now that I've bought some of, the Icon. Yeah. And they are actually pretty good, and they are way cheaper than the tool truck. And I go, I'll gamble on that. You know, they have lifetime warranty and whatever, and if they don't work out, I can always spend more money and buy the tool truck stuff if I need to. But I'd rather start with the less expensive alternative so, you and know, we're sitting in the middle of Napa Expo. Yeah. And that's just the reality. And we're surrounded by tools and equipment. 
it's more, getting more than to I the point. Shake a stick at. Yeah, it's and some of the names of the tools you rattle off are here. Oh yeah, Gear Wrench is a humongous display. So it's enormous. Yeah. Now the parts store is becoming a vend a viable vendor for a lot of these. Pieces oh yeah, of they equipment. carry Gear Wrench now, right. and like you can actually order a Gear Wrench part from almost any of the parts stores now, and that's yeah. that's great. If we're just talking about sockets for grins, sure. You can get some of the stuff online. Sure. Yep. Then it breaks. I don't know. Warranty is a little more challenging with online. So, I mean, if you can buy it through a parts supplier and call your parts rep or say, hey, buddy, I got a gear wrench I bought from you. Can you warranty it for me? The odds are the parts store will take care of you. Maybe even that day. And not that they wouldn't even if you did buy it online. Sure. Did you save so much money getting it online as you would have buying it through whatever store and then developing that relationship with that store? Because down the road, maybe it isn't a broken socket that they bend over backwards for you for. But you give them the business, and now you have a relationship. Yes. yes. And, you know, when you have a relationship, you do get to ask favors from time to time. And people are more willing to do favors if you give them some business. Yeah. Ask favors, honest. sometimes beg. Oh, yeah. Sometimes sure. beg. You know, now that relationship, because you've uh, shown a little bit of loyalty, pays back huge dividends. Because when you need somebody to save you, oh yeah, they're saving you. And that's invaluable in a lot of the situations because yep. the situations you do get into and need to call for a favor, oh, you need it real bad. And when they're willing to do it for you, it just makes all the difference in yeah. the world. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to relate it to a, a customer at your shop. You know, somebody that frequents you often doesn't complain about their bill and uh, is friendly. When they need help, it's pretty easy to do it. Yeah, right? it is. They, Absolutely. It's the 11th hour. They need something. They don't ever ask for anything otherwise. They've been such a great client. Guess what? You're you're probably volunteering to stay a little later to get them going again. Yep. Or you try to get, you know, maybe you can't fix their car right then and there. Maybe you can get them a loaner car. Yep. Maybe someone said they took a loaner car but didn't really need it. You call that guy up and you say, hey, you know, this customer really needs a loaner car. Are you cool bringing it back or can we come pick it up? And you make things work for them. You yeah. try to help them out. So it's, it's the same thing when you're picking where you're going to buy these pieces of equipment or tools. Something to consider. It is. Can you get it cheaper on Amazon? Probably. Yeah, I mean, you can always find some. I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos cheaper. has more than enough money at this point in time. I don't think he needs any more. He needs another yacht, man. Yeah. He needs no. another yacht. No, no, no. He'll have another wife he'll divorce who will take another half of his money, and then he'll still have more money when it's over with. <laughs> Which, by the way, is what happened. Is it? Yeah. When he got divorced and he lost half his money, he actually has more money now than he did before that divorce. So, yeah, that illustrates I don't think he needs any more help. I mean, not to go in too far off on a tangent, but Jeff Bezos, in a way, I'm okay with because he starts out working out of his garage and worked his way up. The part where I don't know where it happened, when it happened, where he's got employees who are really getting treated poorly. very poorly. Oh, yeah, terrible. Is where he loses my support. And yeah. now it's very hard for me to buy stuff off Amazon. Yeah. It's very difficult for me. When he has that much money and he could do more, yeah, that pushes my buttons a little bit. And, you know, again, I look at it as this way. So my policy is, you know, for instance, if I'm building test leads and I need some nice silicone wire, could I get it on Amazon? Absolutely. Is it slightly cheaper than Aero Electronics or DigiKey? Probably. But if I buy from Aero Electronics or DigiKey, what am I doing? I'm making sure that if I give them as much of my business as I can without taking a massive financial hit personally, that those companies will continue to exist and all of those jobs will continue to exist. 
And quite frankly, I would rather give my business to them as long as I'm not taking a massive personal deficit you know, on the price. They're usually within 10%, and that's more than reasonable enough for me to pay to keep that business going, right? Yeah. Depending on the test leads we're talking about, scope leads, stuff like that, almost all of them from AES Wave. Oh, no, I'm talking about building them. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm buying them pre-built, oh, yeah, for sure. If I'm building them, and occasionally I'll build some extra stuff, then I'll buy the supplies from DigiKey. So what else can uh, text control that can have a very positive effect on not just day-to-day work, but career? Personal life, I think, is a real big thing, which actually kind of ties into the attitude thing. The decisions you make in your personal life have a big effect on, number one, your attitude at work, how distracted you are, how well you concentrate, how you can focus on learning. If you're totally in chaos outside of work, you're going to be really having a hard time at work focusing and being able to do things. I think that's a lot of people struggle with that in every field, not just our field. But I think that's a huge thing that really makes it challenging. I know certainly from an attitude perspective, the more that I got things more settled and better in my own personal life, the easier it got to be settled at work. The prayer that you talked about, that really... That was something I worked real hard. I had a friend that I worked with at Identifix who really helped me come to understand to not get cranked up about the stuff that I couldn't control. So from my own personal experience, my entire life, everything and how I interacted with people and how people interacted with me transformed when I got that down. When I figured out how to not get jacked up about stuff I had no control over, God, the stress level just went down by a hundred times. I mean, so much better. Not having trouble sleeping, thinking about things or not getting revved up and then being angry after work about things I couldn't control or think, you know, anything like that. So much of that, just finding that peace in not getting upset about that. And I mean, I have a lot of people that I'm friends with who, you know, any personal struggles they deal with in life, whether it's work or not work, even like medical stuff, right? Is there anything you can do to control this and make it better? Okay, do that. If there's nothing you can do, don't stress yourself out. Of course, there are things that are terrible, You know, people who go through experiences like cancer, for instance, it's awful. Many of my family members have gone through that stuff. But like, you know, putting your mind on it every day and just exerting all of that energy because your body at the end of the day has only so much mental and physical energy, and at least in my view. And the more you commit to things you can't control, the less you have left to affect change in the things you can, which is tough, right? And yeah, and it's tough to, even if you kind of know it's out of your control. Oh, sure. It's Even tough. if you know, it is hard. Oh, yeah. It's a battle every day. Yeah. 100%. And I enjoy social media as much as anybody. But sometimes it's got a really nasty habit of amplifying that. Oh, it does. We just see a lot of it in uh, posts and threads and whatnot where not just one person, not just the original poster getting revved up, but an entire group getting very revved up. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it, multiple subjects, anything you can think of. Yeah. There's always a button that gets pushed. And oh, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. There have been times where I've literally wanted to throw my phone because of something on social media. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. Got to gotta step away from that. That's not healthy, right? Yep. That's not, quote, the real world per se, you know? Yep. And then on the flip side of that, the stuff you can control or have an effect on, do it. And generally, you know, I think try to at least aim for at least slightly on the positive side of things. Yeah. You know, I think... It gets talked about more and more now, as of late, that when there is an issue, don't sit there and hold on to it. You have some control. The control, I guess some of the control is you could hang on to it and not do anything. 
I mean, that's a conscious decision. Why not go talk about it? Why not ask for a few minutes? Pull somebody aside, ask for a, a, a little bit of time and plead your case, explain the situation and offer a sol- potential solution and be open to their solution or let, give them time to process. And really, I think just interest on both sides, or I, I hate to say sides, but on both positions or whatnot, that both want to find a solution that can benefit everyone. I don't think that happens. I think we just... Entrench. Yeah, and you get kind of scared. You work up all these different scenarios in your head about how this is going to go sideways. Oh, yeah. You know? It's very easy to do that. See all the doom. <laughs> right. Doom and gloom. If I try to talk to them, it's just, oh, they won't do anything anyways. And, oh, they're going to yell at me or they'll tell me to walk. Really, nowadays, is walking such a threat? I don't want er- people to be so arrogant about it, but is really being told to walk such a threat anymore? No. I mean, I think it's so standard at this point. It happens an awful lot. People are almost expecting it, you know? But if you're told to find somewhere else to work, you're going to be out of a job for, what, 15 minutes? In this field, yeah. Right maybe, now? Maybe less. You might already have multiple offers in your back pocket at any one given time. Yeah. So Certainly, if you try, you will. It's probably not going to happen. Even if there were no other jobs, the chances of it actually happening is really low. Pretty low, yeah. So I think a, a conscious decision of something you can control is go to the appropriate person in the business, in the shop, and just have a chat. And explain your situation. And it may be just one big misunderstanding. Absolutely. And it might be something that can be remedied immediately. I'd like to say, you know, in those situations where you do have a grievance of any kind, if you're going to bring it up to anybody, whether it's a coworker or a manager or an owner or anything of that nature, I think it's really, really important to, number one, don't do it when you're jacked up. Don't do it when you have any kind of level of emotional intensity or invested in it. Take some time away from the situation and do some thinking, do some calculating, plan and practice your presentation and check your tone of voice real carefully, choose your words real carefully. So the biggest thing I think that people make the mistake of, and I've done this many times myself over the many years I've been in various jobs, but the way that I've approached the situation, if you come in with a certain attitude or a feel or a emotional tone, people automatically get defensive and they just lock you out. If you present it in the right way and you use the right word choice, you may not still get what you want or you may not still move them to action, but the statistical odds that they might respond to you positively are certainly a lot higher. Way higher. And you know, obviously with my degree in communication, this is a calculus that goes through my head every time I have an interaction. I try to think about those things. Now, I'm human, so I still have emotions and I still have times where I don't do that. And then I go after the fact and go, Okay, you really could have done a better job with that there. But the more and more you do it, the better you get at it and the the more positive results you reap from it as well. I think that's a big thing a lot of people can contemplate, especially people who are less experienced in the professional community, regardless of what job, whether it's automotive or not, just getting familiar with, you know, taking some time to step back before you go bring the discussion of any subject and do it when you're calm and collected and choose your words carefully. And, especially if it's something where there's a grievance with somebody else you work with, the presentation of how you describe that, if you frame it in terms of how it affects the organization and don't make it personal, I think that's another thing that's really important. And I have someone close to me who experienced something like this recently. They had a professional conduct issue with a coworker, 
and they didn't really know how to address it in the moment. But they took time and they talked with other professionals in their field and kind of figured it out. And at the end of the road, they got to the point where they had a good discussion with other people and had a good plan of how to handle it and address it. And it got addressed in a much more professional way. And it sounds like the results were much more positive, right? Because it didn't sound like a personal attack. It wasn't like someone who had a vendetta. It was, hey, this is a concern I have. This is going to affect our company in this specific way that could be negative for our customers, et cetera. And it got handled in a much more professional fashion. So tremendous respect for that. But it takes time to get good at doing exactly that. You know, maybe the kind of the final thing that I can think of offhand is uh, time management. Yeah, of course. Time management at work. Stay off your phone. Try to find something productive to do. Of course. I'm thinking like something you said earlier with your home life or life outside of work. How you spend that time. And of course, avoiding chaos. But I'm also thinking of building that social network because, you know, urging everyone to run home and get on social media. But it's become a resource. It has, absolutely. Better than most of the resources that are technically the professional forums. Yeah. And I'm not even saying to jump in all the different groups and pages because there are a lot of time if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many. Find a few that work. You can leave them for a while. Join another one and try it out. Find a couple of them. Because what you're going to find out is in a lot of these groups, it's most of the same people anyways. Yes, it is. (laughs) The engagement is all the same people most of the time. Just find a few that are especially aimed maybe at your level. And and try to be honest with yourself what your level is. Also training. You know, again, talk to your uh, management and see if you can get something set up with training. You know, online training. Napa, I know, has uh, training through an apprentice. They got that program, apprenticeship program. There's others out there. You cannot deny the value of um, like a subscription to Paul Danner. Oh, for sure. Scanner Danner. Yes, you can learn so much from that. So much. And of course, the certain YouTube channels. Absolutely. Right? Uh, Mario, Super Mario Diagnostics has a, a YouTube channel. It is good. It is, yeah. No, it's great. Oz Mechanics yep. is becoming one of my very favorites. Oh, yeah. He does good videos. I mean, there's more. We could keep going on. Scanner Danner has some free content on there. Very much worth your time to watch and watch a couple of times. We could just get going on a run here of all the different resources. Automotive seminars would be pay for, although I think he's got something free coming up. Yeah, he has a free case study he's going to lay out on an infinity, if I remember yeah. correctly. So automotive seminars is uh, John CTI, Thornton. WTI, both of those are great. Online. Lots of good online training. Yep. You know, I talked to you about it before, but on the shotgundiagnostics.org, we're going to do a roundtable type of thing where we're going to give all level of technicians opportunities to present case studies or talk about things that they, maybe a car that's plaguing them. And we're going to do it on like a Google Meet. So it'll be like a Zoom meeting and everybody has an opportunity to discuss and help each other. I had had it in my head and you said shotgun, which I should have mentioned. Shotgun is uh, Hawkins' YouTube channel, good content, but you blew... um, PJ's channel out of my head. Oh, Voltage Drop Diagnostics. There you go. Yep. And his is amazing as well. Yep. So he, he shoots his videos kind of similar the way I do. So yeah. he likes to do kind of a combination of at the car with pictures and video and stuff. And then he also does where he lays out the, you know, how the system works and whatever yep. and explains it really good. He's also a trainer yep. for WTI. Yep. So And we can't forget about the Train by Techs, uh, their content. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Extremely good content. Yeah. So there's a lot of great resources. Yeah. And not that you have to 
you know, go home, shower up, eat, and then not that it would be a complete waste of time to sit and blow through training, but no, I I have a friend who takes a bath and he watches training videos in his bath. All right. That's TMI. (laughs) Hey, he told me so. Anyway, no, I I think especially, I think everybody, honestly, at almost every level would do themselves a great service by dedicating at least a few hours, maybe starting out a few hours, uh, you know, an hour or two a night to some sort of training online, Absolutely. free or paid for. Yeah. And then even the highest level master techs, you know, a few hours a week, see what's out there, you know, go onto your YouTube uh, channel, even reading articles. I yep. mean, there's all sorts of articles and the technology continuously evolves. So, I mean, I feel like if you're not spending time training in one form or another, again, whether it's reading articles, you could read articles in motor age, you could read diagnostic case studies on Facebook forums that you know, you're know you a part of, you could watch YouTube videos. If you are not constantly assimilating new knowledge and new information, and also I think it's valuable because if you spend that time with other technicians, seeing how they look at a problem, it helps you refine and improve your approach. And it could be even just your approach to how you maybe torque a wheel. Maybe they do something really process oriented that they explain in whatever article you're reading and it clicks for you. And suddenly you go, I could improve my process about how I do X. And whatever that is, it's just you constantly can be improving. And the more you do that, the better you get at everything you do. And actually, you can translate that same mindset into your personal life, too. If you say, hey, I can do better at, you know, your personal relationships or your friendships or your your wife or whatever it might be or your kids, anything you do, if you let that attitude permeate into the other stuff, your life will just get better. Now you're just sounding like Jordan Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though, right? There's a lot of truth to it. Regardless of your anyone's position on Jordan himself, he's a lot of what he says. Although he's free to admit, it's not like he came up with it all on his own. No, no, no one's saying that this is their secret. A lot of what he says, it is true, and a lot of that is kind of get yourself in order, and other things start falling in order. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. I appreciate it. So, uh, but yeah, I do appreciate everyone listening. Thank you so much to Napa for sponsoring uh, this podcast, putting on this expo. Thank you to the uh, Aftermarket Radio Network. And Hawken again. Always glad. We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Okay. You've been listening to Matt Fonslow diagnosing the aftermarket A to Z on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Matt on your favorite listening app. He's very interested in what you have to say. Let him know what you'd like him to cover and come on the show. Matt is all for advancing the aftermarket. Find Matt Fonslow on social media and connect or on aftermarketradionetwork.com.